Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, and making his premier appearance as editor-in-chief of the Weekly Standard is Steve Hayes. So, Steve, here's the question. Do you, did you actually drag Bill's desk out into the hallway so you could take it, or are you still at your own modest digs? No, I mean, I, I'm still in my office, and I'd be happy to have that office for the next 20, 20 years, frankly. One of the reasons that I was excited to, to take this new position is because Bill Crystal has agreed not only to stay on, but to stay on and basically do what he's been doing. Um, <laughs> you know, he's going to write weekly editorials. He's going right. to continue to do the podcast with you. Um, he's going to shape and provide the vision for the magazine the way that he always has. He's done it for 21 years. The weekly standard that he created in 1995 with Fred Barnes and John Podhoritz is now an institution, and right. I'm going to be relying uh, very heavily on Bill as we move forward. So here's how it was explained to me. You are no longer required to bring him coffee now. You just choose to bring him coffee. Is that pretty much explained? In Every single day. Let as me... long as he lets me wear jeans to work, I'm, I'm fine with that. So l before we get to your vision for the Weekly Standard, how did you find the Weekly Standard? How did you end up here? So I was, back in 1995 when the magazine was founded, working at the Fund for American Studies, uh, directing their Institute on Political Journalism, and Fred Barnes was the professional director of IPJ. And when I heard that he was starting the Weekly Standard, I immediately called Fred and said, do you need somebody to empty the trash cans? I'm really good stapler. Like nobody can staple right. like I can staple. Receptionist, what have you. And Fred didn't give me a job and didn't give me. And I had this conversation with him every couple of months. And I loved my job at the week at, at the Fund for American sure. Studies. But this was sort of what I really wanted to do. Right. And it didn't happen. And and then I went to journalism school up in New York for a year and came back and was very proud and sort of showed Fred my my <laughs> my degree and said, now can I have this right. job? And Fred looked at me and said, you went to journalism school? What a waste of time. <laughs> so I basically, the long and short of it is I think I pestered Fred for long enough that he eventually relented. And I don't know if it was to sort of get me out of his hair right. or in my own mind, I I told myself that if I pestered him enough, it would demonstrate persistence exactly. and quality. Right. Um, so they eventually relented and gave me a job. And I started in May of 2001. And I've been here for, I mean, gosh, it's approaching 16 years. May of 2001. So a lot of things changed in September of 2001. Did you, did the magazine change along with them? Well, I came originally to cover Capitol Hill, and, and I focused on Capitol Hill. I did a big piece that summer about Andrew Cuomo, and I did some campaign reporting and did some stuff on Capitol Hill. And I remember thinking, like, that was—it didn't get more important than that. And then September 11th happened, and Matt Labash and I were on a train in New York the next morning, and I was trying to find Hillary Clinton, and— sort of accidentally talked my way down to ground zero on September 12th. Wow. So I was standing at the hole on September 12th, really by accident. I hadn't, and um, ended up fi filing a, a long scrapbook item that got lost, so it was never published. Um, I'm sure it was my own fault with, with the email, um, but started covering national security in the early right. days of the Bush administration and really defaulting to the White House from that point on and, and covered the Bush administration extensively and loved every minute of it. So a lot of national security conversation, and here we are at the end of eight years of what would the world look like if the United States withdrew? 
And not only is there, the, of course, the fiasco of Syria, Aleppo, but as we speak, there's been a truck plowing through a crowd. Someone's been arrested. As we speak, we don't know who it is. I have my suspicions about what their motive is going to be, et cetera. What is the Weekly Standard's job role in this new world that we've that Donald Trump will be handed? Well, I mean, it will be in uh, largely, I think, to contextualize that kind of stuff. I mean, we've, we've really led the way on that in, in many respects. I mean, the coverage that we've had of the war on terror, we have outside contributors like Roe Gerecht. Tom Jocelyn um, has, if, if there's anybody who's been more accurate about the war on terror and what's happened than Thomas Jocelyn, I don't know who it is. Right. Um, I think basically to do more of that. The, the, the thing that concerns me as we head into the administration, the Trump administration, is we have seen for eight years the Obama administration test a theory. What happens if the United States shrugs its shoulders and sort of steps back? Well, we've now seen what happens. And the world is much more dangerous today than it was eight years ago. And you don't have to take my word for it. Listen to Obama's own top advisors. James Clapper, who's been doing this for five decades, says the world's never been more dangerous than it is today. Uh, you look at Martin Dempsey, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, says much the same thing. And that's the world that Donald Trump is inheriting. Now, of course, we, we've reported on our reservations about Donald Trump. We're worried that he hasn't spent enough time looking at these things. Certainly, I hope that, that he will. I hope that he listens to the advisors that he's put around him. But these are the kind of things that he's going to be confronting from his very first day in office. And uh, our job, I think, is, is going to be to, to report on them and put them in context. So you get a phone call and you're told, uh, Mr. Trump has let us know that the first thing he's going to read tomorrow morning is the editorial written by Stephen Hayes at the Weekly Standard. What's that editorial about? What do you? What would you try to put into his head? For the very beginning of, of the administration, mm-hmm. I think I would try to impress on him the importance of taking seriously the threat from from jihadists around the world and the, the need to actually fight a war on terror. I mean, this has gone out of fashion. President right. Obama's you know, sort of fought the non-war on terror. I mean, he's sought to pull us back. There is a war that needs to happen. Al-Qaeda, if you look at where Al-Qaeda was in 2012, Al-Qaeda has doubled in strength. It is controlling territory that most people didn't imagine it would control. One of the people who got that right, actually, is Mike Flynn. And people taking shots at Mike Flynn, uh, President elect Trump's new incoming national security advisor because he's retweeted some conspiracy theories. Fine, take your shots. Criticize him for that. He got al-Qaeda right. He got ISIS right. Um, When a lot of people in the government were Mm. saying the war on terror is over, in effect, I hope he listens to Mike Flynn and people around Mike Flynn about what we need to do. So I think I would focus on that. I'd focus on the threat from Iran. It's time to stop the happy talk. I mean, we've heard from President Obama that Iran is a sort of would-be ally. Well, every time we hear that, Iran demonstrates that that's not the case, and it's time to take them seriously. And then finally, if you think about Russia, I mean, obviously this is in the news a lot these days. My concern about a President Trump on Russia is if you look back over the course of the campaign, Trump was really on every side of every issue at some point or another in the 18 months that he was a candidate um, or a would-be candidate and then a candidate, except for one issue where he was remarkably consistent, and it was Russia, where he was always in favor of a warm embrace with Vladimir Putin, um, 
he should be more skeptical than he's demonstrated to this point. I hope the people around him encourage him to be skeptical. Okay, so that's uh, national, national security. That's your wheelhouse. That's the global stuff. But, you know, the Weekly Standard does a lot of other stuff, too. Got right. a lot of cultural writing, a lot of you know, writing about life in America. Are you going to mandate a Green Bay Packers page every issue, <laughs> or will that just be during the active NFL season? You haven't, you haven't heard about your new podcast? Oh, Crap, there's a there's a Green Bay Packers podcast <laughs> that'll be daily. Even in the off season, it's going to focus on the draft. You know what's funny is <laughs> there is a European Green Bay Packers sports podcast. Of course, and there they is. found me. And what do you I mean like, Europe? They had me on it. Why do you Europe. sound surprised? <laughs> Of course there is. There's probably an African so, Green Bay I mean, Packers. So when you're an, so when you're sitting there freezing to death at Lambeau Field, do you read a book? I mean, do you watch a video? What, what other stuff will you be bringing to the magazine, or what do you what do you want to hear conversations about? What's in your wheelhouse? I mean, look, I mean, look, my job my job is pretty simple. The, there's a reason the magazine is has the reputation it does after 21 years. So my job is to just do what Bill Crystal and everybody at the magazine has done for 21 years and not screw it up. Honestly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do, I do think there are things that we can add to this debate. Um, probably have we've done more sports writing really over the past couple of years. We'll probably continue that. Um, I think you know if if you look at the pure writers on our staff, and you you of course get in trouble when you start naming names. Right. But I mean, I would argue that that the Weekly Standard has some of the best pure writers. Writing in America today, I mean, honestly, um, you look at the reporters, I think we have this unique opportunity going into a Trump administration to really own the White House beat, to own the the Trump administration beat. We've long been this sort of source of uh, independent, strong, conservative thought. Nobody before who has any sort of level of sophistication would have accused us of being a mouthpiece for the Republican Party. Certainly after the 2016 <laughs> election, nobody would accuse us of simply amplifying the, 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 the arguments of Donald Trump. So we come in with sort of a skepticism about Trump. But a willingness to, to listen to the guy. I mean, if he does a good job, we're going to say that he's done a good job. If he strays from sort of a broad, limited government philosophy, we're certainly going to point that out. And I think in that sense, we have this opportunity right now um, to really drive that kind of reporting. And it will be focused on reporting. I mean, one thing that we don't do a lot of is hot takes. We're probably not going to start doing a lot of hot takes. Is this going to be... Real reporting. You can't fool me. I've already seen the mock-up for the Trump least standard magazine. I've already seen it. Okay, I'm going to ask you the key question that's going to let everybody know if they can trust you as a new editor-in-chief of the Weekly Standard. Die Hard, Christmas movie or not? I mean, when was the last time I saw Die Hard? It's probably 20 years ago. So, I mean, you're asking me to weigh in on the Bill Crystal, is it, a, is, is it a Christmas movie or is it not a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas movie. You win. Ladies and gentlemen, all is well at the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for joining us, <laughs> Editor-in-Chief uh, Stephen Hayes. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Remember, you never have to miss another edition of the Weekly Standard podcast. Just go to iTunes.com and subscribe. Also, check out our new products at podcastone.com, including the Confab and the Crystal Clear Podcast.